And the one rule that I've always lived by was if you're zooming out, whatever the object is in your lens continuing to get bigger, move. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. You turn the heat on? You, you were all no. like, no, we're not. You didn't? No heat. It's 41 degrees. It's probably wow. like 60 in your house right you, now. It's when you use blankets, my friend. <laughs> How many blankets? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. Quilt and Women and children at home. <laughs> What's going on over there? We have blankets in our house. I think we had it on Friday afternoon. No, I couldn't <laughs> it's do like, it. I came in. One of the kids said, it's really cold in here. Look over. It's, I don't know, low 60s in the house. Yeah. There it is. See, That's yeah. why you have it. What? I, I don't know. It's, it's a principal thing or what? Not, not principal. It's just that, like we just had the air on, like literally just had so the again. Air what's that got to do with what the temperature is I right don't now? Have I've to never flip understood it. this. I just want at least a day where I cannot spend money doing something. I also to want that control the temperature of my house. But that is not what nature presented. So. <laughs> okay. Waukesha is turning on the faucet today. Had that in the top of the hour news. We'll officially transition over to the quarter billion dollar plus project to pump Lake Michigan water to its 72,000 residents. Waukesha under a federal mandate to get a new water supply as its deep water aquifer has been drained and contaminated with radium. So they had to do this. Uh, the new water begins flowing today. Did you see in any of the news releases like what time is it? 6.07 a.m.? Right, 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 right. Like an exact... I, didn't, I don't know if I heard that. I don't remember seeing a specific time in there. You'll probably know it when you see it. More on that in a moment. TMJ4 News talking with some folks in Waukesha. I've lived here, or in the area for a while, worked here for 12 years, and the, you can taste the bad taste in the water. I spend about probably like 10 bucks uh, a week trying to buy more water to drink that's actually healthy. Kristen Huber also works downtown. It's an expensive thing, but it's definitely worthwhile for Waukesha to do. So changes to expect today when that transition actually occurs. Bit more of a chlorine smell. They're going to over-treat it for a while. The officials say that uh, that should subside as they begin to adjust the levels. They also say it's safe to drink. It's going to be a different color, right, to start? And then, yeah, also initially may have a red or brownish color as it just first begins to flow through your pipes. And that's from the minerals and the sediment that's in the pipe. If it lasts for longer than a few days, let us know. We'll have to flush that area a little bit more. That's Dan Dukniak, general manager of the Waukesha Water Utility, who's been there forever. I mean, I remember when we first started talking about this, I was interviewing him. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's been the guy, kind of think, a big day. Think he's going to have a party at the end of the he week? He retires tomorrow? There. <laughs> I'm out. Done. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Recommended folks with water softeners or special filtration units disconnect those to start. And as for the water softener, uh, Dukniak and others saying you may not go back to that as this treated water is definitely softer than what folks there in Waukesha are used to. So that is one way to maybe offset the extra cost that ratepayers will now see. We've never... You know, my mom lives in Waukesha County. She's always had water softener. Mm-hmm. But like, we've never had that in Milwaukee County off of city water. Yeah, I've always used a water softener in Waukesha County yeah, for well, us. Yeah. I think about uh, upgrading there to Waukesha. Yeah, maybe. Right. So that will begin to flow today, 614 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Green Bay Packers will be under the bright lights tonight as they get set to take on the Raiders in Las Vegas. The Pack getting a handful of players back for this game, including guard Elton Jenkins, Christian Watson, and running back Aaron Jones. 
QB1 on the offense getting some of its talent back on the field. The game tonight will feature a pair of old teammates in Jair Alexander and Devontae Adams. You think it's going to be a, a game where Jair Alexander follows Devontae Adams there, Vinny or Eric? That'd be awesome. Man, just like dueling it out, those I two? I don't think that. I don't think it will, though. Well, why wouldn't it? Because it hasn't been the case right. with Joe I know, Barry. Right, and so yeah. everybody always is frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you put your best guy on their best guy? Right, that seems fairly yeah, simple. It, it is, and, and Jair Alexander he did speak about the the matchup with his old teammate and what it would be, what it would mean for him. It's like a mouthpiece in all game type of game. Ain't really too much to say. Just gotta go out there and do it. The kickoff for the Packers and Raiders tonight is set for seven fifteen. Our Green Bay game day coverage will begin immediately following the game right here on WTMJ. The Milwaukee Bucks tipped off the start of their preseason on Sunday afternoon, beating the Bulls in Coach Adrian Griffin's coaching debut by a final score of 105 to 102. This is good training ground. Uh, every game, uh, you got to be able to execute on both sides of the ball, and, and you got to keep your poise. You know, we had, I don't know, I think it was around six, seven point league on in the fourth quarter at the end, and they kept chipping away, chipping away. You got to be able to keep your poise. Teams are going to make runs, and I thought our, our young guys did that. They didn't panic. Marjon Bochamp, the Bucks' former first-round pick in 2022, he actually led all scorers in the game with 18. Multiple multiple Bucks starters did actually sit this one out, including Giannis and Damian Lillard. Giannis, though, before the game, he was speaking on the importance of building the right chemistry with his new point guard. We have to be on the same page. I want him to be the primary point guard. He's, he's the point guard of this team. I trust him, man. Like, uh, I've been playing with him for a few days. Like, I know he's going to find me. This is not no in no shape or form any competition with, between me and him who's going to have the ball more. He will have the ball more. I trust, I believe he's going to find me, and not just me, he's going to find you know our teammates. We have to let Dame be Dame. Dame is here to be Dame. We're going to let Dame be Dame. The Bucks will be back to work on Tuesday night in Memphis to take on the Grizzlies. No more Brewers, but the Bucks back in action. Vinny, all is well. Man, I love Milwaukee. everything I'm hearing out of Giannis, too, on that. Right? That's the right mindset. Yeah. And, and he's kind of taking it. Hey, yep. it's Dame, you do you. I'm going to step back. And the ultimate goal here is to win a championship. <laughs> right. I don't care do how that. we do it. Let's get it done. 618 on Wisconsin's Morning News. We'll go live to the White House on War in the Middle East. That's next. Keep- This morning, Israel hits back. Sound from Israeli airstrikes in northern Gaza City following the attack this weekend. Hamas firing rockets at Israel, fighting on the ground, taking hostages, including women and children. ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers live at the White House this morning. So, Karen, President Biden spoke with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Sunday. What's been shared about that conversation? Yeah, they've spoken twice now over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And the message from the administration is that the president continues to offer whatever assistance Israel needs to defend itself and fight back against Hamas. The president, according to the White House on Sunday, directed additional support for Israel in the face of what they called an unprecedented terrorist assault by Hamas. We heard from the president on Saturday. He said repeatedly the same phrase, the U.S. stands with Israel. He called this attack unconscionable and said that there is never a justification for it. And again, underlining, he said several times that uh, the U.S. support for Israel's security is rock solid and unwavering. He said we will never, never fail to have their back and that Israel has the right to defend its people full stop. It's a message he says he conveyed uh, over the phone over the weekend to Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister. 
What are the concerns at the White House, Karen, that this escalates then, possibly bringing in Hezbollah, possibly bringing in Iran? How concerned Mm -hmm. is the White House about those possibilities? Concerned enough that over the weekend there was furious diplomacy and outreach going on. The president said that senior officials were engaging with allies and partners across the region, and that included contact with Egypt, Turkey, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Oman, the UAE, as well as European partners. The president said he spoke with the King of Jordan, members of Congress, and that would con- he would continue to stay in very close contact with Prime Minister Netanyahu, as we saw he did on Sunday. So this shows that they are trying to uh, bring as much stability as possible, but also try to not see this violence spread. The U.S. is also uh, sending a carrier strike group to the eastern Mediterranean to help bolster deterrence in the region. And the Defense Department said yesterday that the U.S. will also will be providing the Israeli Defense Forces with additional equipment and resources, including munitions. That started shipping out yesterday. We're told that should be arriving in the coming days. Hey, Karen, before we let you go, for Americans who don't pay very close attention and say, Mm -hmm. okay, well, they're fighting again in the Middle East, here, here, there we go again, what makes this different? What's different about what happened this weekend? The magnitude of this was so striking. Uh, This was uh, an attack that was in in a conflict that has not been seen in that region in about 50 years. It was a complex, highly coordinated attack, and the fact that Israel was caught so so by surprise on this. And, you know, also the White House. These are questions for the administration, too, about uh, intelligence of this possibly happening. Where were their intelligence failures? And the big concern, like I said, is just, and as you mentioned, is could this spread and what instability this brings to the region? The death toll is also just staggering. And our reporters on the ground say uh, that it's being called the 9-11 of Israel, just given how many casualties there already have been. And that's likely going to go up. Karen Travers, ABC News White House correspondent. Appreciate your time this morning, Karen. Have a great day. I was talking with a local friend of mine and talking about the Jewish communities. And he, you know, some people are more connected to Israel than are others in the Jewish community. But he was talking about friends that he knows who um, have children in the Middle East, in Israel, who are serving in the military, who've been called up. Like how real it is for some people who live right here in southeast Wisconsin. The largest call up in history. As far as the reserves coming in. And Karen hit on something that's going to be an interesting storyline moving forward as well. Not only an intelligence failure to a degree in Israel, why was this surprise able to be pulled off? But also, like, it's one of our closest allies for the U.S. Where are our guys on this? Where, where you know, CIA has people in the Middle East. Isn't we that, have intelligence p- people in the Middle East. Why didn't we see it coming? Isn't that interesting? Because the Americans got a lot of credit for being ahead of the Russian situation. Saw that one coming a mile away. <laughs> right. We were talking about it for weeks before yeah. it actually happened. This case, not so much. Siding Unlimited, WDTMJ News Time, 637. Packers in Vegas tonight. Brandon Snide looks ahead in sports at 645. All right. Now we know the secret. A plastic surgeon is sharing some serious money-saving tips on TikTok. Oh, is this one of these things that's labeled the secret they don't want you to know? (laughs) Plastic surgeons appalled. This secret is out. Right. This would be how regular folks can look their best and not have to break the bank. So his name is Dr. Anthony Yoon, and he outlined three recommendations for keeping you looking younger without having to go under the knife. Here are my biggest cosmetic bangs for the buck. The most powerful anti-aging cream out there is tretinoin. If you can get a doctor to prescribe it for you, your insurance may even pay for it. All right. So tretinoin... So that's an anti-aging cream. Trent Noen keeps acne at bay, but also fine lines and wrinkles. IPL treatments are great for getting rid of unwanted sunspots, and they're less expensive than most traditional lasers. 
The results of a moderate depth PCA peel can rival that of certain fractional lasers, but they're hundreds, if not thousands of dollars cheaper. So he brought up the intense pulsed light therapy, he called it IPL. So that's a big thing. IPLs for treating sunspots. Then he said TCA peels, which use acids to remove dead skin, and they're super cheap compared to like an actual facelift. Okay, is that why you look particularly radiant today? I, <laughs> no, I just I like to age naturally because yeah, sure. that's beautiful sure too. Six thirty-eight on Wisconsin's morning news. Come with me now. Six forty-two, Wisconsin's morning news. A couple of weeks out yet for the the big walk? Uh, a little less than two. So not this weekend, so but next, a week from right? Saturday, yeah. For the JDRF walk. Yep, the JDRF one walk, which I am honored to host. Of course, uh, being a type one diabetic myself, uh, JDRF is near and dear to me, as you know, because of the research they do for type one diabetes, which is a lot different than type two diabetes. Um, so yeah, the walk is in Greenfield, the Greenfield Park, on Saturday, October twenty first, and. Excited to be a part of that and raise some money and raise some awareness on something that's pretty important. How, how has JDRF changed over the years? I mean, from when you were diagnosed, what they were able to do to support you and your family in that diagnosis versus what they're able to do for families now? Well, there's there tons of stuff as far as just even knowledge of just how to handle, who to talk to, what to use, uh, equipment, raising money for tech. I mean, that the big one for me is the tech, the technology that when I was... When I was diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic when I was 7 years old, I mean, what I the insulin that I was taking back then and just like to test a blood sugar was like a 5-minute process where now I can do it in about 3 seconds. Um, I, the, the control, the ways you can, you can uh, handle and control your blood sugar is so much simpler now. I mean, it's just amazing what JDRF has done over the years, just millions and millions and millions of dollars. And now looking at like prevention of the disease, you know, what can you do to delay it from starting? I mean, there's so many different things that they have their hands around now versus, I mean, it's been 39 years. I just had my, my anniversary 39 years ago. So, so far, so good. Uh, how can we help you? Is there, are you, you going to reveal yeah. oh, possibilities you. for helping you? Yes, please. Uh, so because I'm emceeing the, the walk, I wanted to set up a team. So I did again this year and uh, there've been some pretty awesome listeners in the past who have donated it with, very much appreciate that. If you text the word WALK, W-A-L-K, to the Old National Bank Talk and text line 855-616-1620, we'll send you a link and you can hear my story. I have my story in there and uh, and a link to the uh, my team page. Awesome. So that'd be awesome. I'd really appreciate that. WALK to 855-616-1620 on the Old National Bank Talk and text line. Brandon Snide has sports coming up next. winner from Saturday's game at Camp Randall Stadium might just be a photographer who is a growing legend for not the shot he got, but the shot he took in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Wimson to pass on fourth and two. Flushed out of the pocket. Wimson incomplete. Pass was completed somewhere, oh. just not to the receiver. That was the call on NBC's Peacock streaming service. Sounded like a fairly benign play, right? Rutgers incompletion. But what you see on the video, if you were watching too, is the pass 
taken one hop and then right into the groin of a photographer, Ethan Bacon, who then crumbles. And then they and they move on with the game. Like, yeah, fine. Yep. <laughs> like, wait, what happened to that guy? Bringing in our guy, Telly Hughes from 1017 The Truth this morning, who has spent many a day on sports sidelines earlier in his career. We should point out, Telly, Bacon is okay. He's actually having fun with it himself. Said he said he could shake it off after about 40 minutes. I can't I can't stop laughing because first <laughs> off you called him a winner. I don't know how a big winner. A winner when uh <laughs> when you take one like that and you said that uh I have spent some time on the sideline. I was just on the sideline Saturday night in Minnesota. So uh and you have Big Ten football players that are coming towards you. The one thing that I learned, Vince, and when I was coming up through my uh in my career um, and you know how it is when you first start off, you are a one man band, you do everything you do photography, you do the interviews, you do the editing, you do everything right. And the one rule that I've always lived by was if you're zooming out, whatever the object is in your lens, continuing to get bigger, move <laughs> right at you. No kidding. So, so when you see this incomplete pass, and you see it's coming in your direction, and it bounces. It's a ball. So you know it's going to have to bounce somewhere. And if you know it's coming in your direction, uh, I think you got the shot that you need at that point. Like, let's focus on where that ball is going to end up. And unfortunately, it ended up in his lap. And uh, that's not a good feeling. But I have had a few scares in my life, though, especially in the camera wells of Major League Baseball. There's been a few foul balls that have, whiz right past my head and uh thankfully i i was paying attention you know i actually you mentioned that because i was on the field before the brewers set game two of the playoffs and i don't it's been a minute since i've been that close to things and right they're out there taking bp and it didn't take long for a quick reminder of like hey you got to pay attention out here you can't be looking at oh there telly's over there i'll go say hi to this ball comes whizzing right by your head (laughs) yes yes that was always the case because if you really think about it look how many balls are flying around during batting practice you have coaches hitting ground balls they're throwing the first they are hitting out of balls to the outfield and you have someone that's actually hitting so all these balls are flying around like and none of them have eyes the last time i checked so guy's name is i called him a winner Telly, because uh, Ethan Bacon was a photographer, and like he's I said, very proud of the shot. He said, "Right, he he actually posted. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it's Ethan Bacon, B A C O N, and then he posts the shot from his perspective. Like, hey, just so you know, I wasn't not paying attention. This is what I was seeing through my lens, like you described, Telly. It's a pretty good shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope it's an award-winning shot. <laughs> that uh, he to pay for it. How about that? <laughs> he did catch the uh, Ricardo Holman interception and had a great, uh, great shot of that and, and all that. But uh, shout out to all those folks out there who are on the sidelines, bringing us the, that important video and getting the shot. Glad you're all right, Telly. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh boy, I'm going to go look at this. I, I, I hope it is a money shot. <laughs> we hope that. Have a good show today, my friend. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good morning.